What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Geno Time Podcast here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Bet Online. My name is Tom Westerholm. I'm joined today by my good pal over at MassLive.com, Brian Robb of B-Rob fame. B-Rob, how you doing, man? <laughs> Such fame. Apparently, I was on the broadcast for the, the Hawks-Celtics game, and I was looking pretty crappy, so that, that's good. That, that made the cut there. <laughs> we'll have to find a screen cap, and maybe we can have Nicole make that the cover art for this episode. Let's not. Let's, let's bury that. <laughs> We're going to talk a little bit about the Celtics' first Las Vegas Summer League game. A rousing victory for the, the Summer League boys, defeating the Atlanta Hawks 85-83 to after Romeo Langford buried a clutch three-pointer in the final minute. It's got really kind of a fun final sequence there. The Celtics were down by two, excuse me, the Celtics were down by four when Peyton Pritchard hit a deep three and then the Celtics got the ball back, forced a turnover. Honestly, a pretty good defense by Aaron Neesmith at one point there. And, you know, then obviously, you know, the ball gets kicked ahead to Romeo Langford in the corner. He hits another three and the Celtics just kind of finished off the game from there. So B-Rob, I mean, from your vantage point, what stood out to you about the debut? Did you, you know, see anything, hear anything that was kind of interesting while you were, uh, while you were in the arena? Is it safe to say that Yamadar was kind of the indirect story today? At least that what stood out for me from being in the arena is after his first in of the game, during which the Celtics went on a 17-2 run, he got a, a strong ovation from the crowd when he got subbed out of the game. And you knew there was a decent amount of Celtics fans in the building, but for that to happen, you could just tell, like, there's obviously been some buzz around this kid, and he kind of backed it up with his before. Like, the, the numbers aren't crazy, and he just came off the bench. But the game changed when he came in there, and he actually, what surprised me is he defensively was a lot more of a factor than I would have expected him to be just like out of the gate here. I mean, that was always one of his big calling cards, right, was that he was a really pesky defender and he had really long arms. So that was interesting to see that translating, especially, I thought, you know, against Sharif Cooper, who truly is, I think, easily the best ball handler in the 2021 draft, just an electric live ball handler. And yeah, I mean, Yam was giving him some problems. I think a big part of the hype behind Yam is is the fact that Celtics didn't have a first round pick this year. And then obviously their first round picks from last year were one, a guy whose role in the NBA is pretty defined. Like his, his ceiling is pretty much, you know, like with Neesmith, his ceiling is three and D shooter, which is very useful, but not like the most exciting. And then Peyton Pritchard, who everybody saw a ton last year. So it's not like he's any surprise. So like, even, you know, the guys from last year, aren't that interesting on they're interesting, but for different reasons, but they're not like a mystery. Yam is still kind of that rookie mystery. Like he's kind of the, the first round pick, right. For the Celtics this year, he's kind of just this so, mystery box exactly yeah he could be anything he could be a boat it's fair to say he came away the story you know i thought i thought yam was was perfectly solid and and certainly left like room for encouragement i mean again it was only he played 16 minutes yeah and by no means was this game you know pretty on either end of the floor for most of it um, no matter who was on the court until the end there where things got interesting but yeah it's just a situation where for him there's a clear need for point guard on this roster right now we don't know how this team is going to address that whether they're going to go more to the veteran route but depending on how things go in summer league of him here there is a case we made okay you know maybe we develop him in boston or in maine a little bit early yeah. here and his play today just kind of helped that case and i'm sure he's gonna get a, a bigger opportunity more as summer league goes on and you know they probably rest pritchard and some of the other older guys and give him you know a little bit more leash but from that standpoint it was that's what stood out and then beyond that i mean i think romeo's day was pretty it started very slow but i mean that was a pretty important sequence for him down the stretch of that game because that's what's going to keep him at least in the rotation on this team right now if he if that three-point shot translates and the shot looks 
the form looked pretty good today. I mean, obviously, we probably were working on it a ton, but that's, I mean, that's something obviously to keep an eye on more than anything else during the summer league, I feel like. The form is is obviously kind of encouraging for sure, right? Because it was a little bit messy before, and then it was especially messy when he was coming off all those injuries. I do think the, the one thing I will say is like, if he misses that three, all of a sudden he's two for seven instead of three for seven, and he doesn't have a big make down the stretch. And then I think we're all just like, man, I don't know if Romeo's shot's coming, you know, <laughs> coming around. So it's like that one, I mean, you know, it's the make or miss league thing, but like the confidence to take that three though. For sure. Open corner three. Good. Open corner three. Like that's one of the things that Missoula said after the game. He said basically Peyton Pritchard pitched that ball ahead exactly the way he yeah. was supposed to. He got it up to, to Romeo in the corner. And because the Celtics were playing good basketball and they were playing the right way, you know, Romeo had a lot of confidence to shoot. So maybe it's a confidence issue. And if that's the case, you know, three for seven and starting the, you know, the summer league session, 42.9% from three point range, like maybe it gets a little bit, a little boost. And that, that for a young player, that can mean quite a lot. Absolutely. Six rebounds, four assists, four turnovers. So kind of, again, I think really slow start out of the gate, like the rest of that starting crew, but kind of got his footing under him in the second half and definitely ended things on a high note. You mentioned Pritchard there. I just love the 18 shots attempted, 15 for three-point range. I think that's just perfect of what Pritchard is. Now, there's no not knowing a guy's role right now when you're you're taking 83% of your shots from three-point range in summer league. Seven made field goals and all seven of them were his three-pointers. Like, you love to see it. Yeah, I mean, I thought he was I thought he was really good. And obviously, he had range last year. Like, he wasn't just shooting from the three-point line. He was a couple steps back. But, I mean, obviously, today was really interesting because he was shooting from the logo pretty comfortably, and it looked very natural. I'm fascinated by him as a, as a shooter because he is not – Steph or like Trey Young, right? Where those guys like shoot from super deep and they drive to the rim. He pretty much shoots. I think he gets to the rim some in transition, but he's, you know, he's not like a, a break you down off the dribble, like get to the basket guy. I'm really curious, like what it, like what it does for your offense. If your point guard isn't always handling the ball that much, if, if he is sort of like an off ball guy, but he does shoot from the logo. Like we don't have a ton of precedent of that. I feel like in the league right now. No, I don't expect him to be. I honestly think he's just going to be the off ball guy a lot for this team because you need these kickout guys and again if he's if he can keep expanding that range and it's like okay you know you can't leave him all alone like 28 feet from the hoop even if he's you know on the wing or whatever so um, that's going to again stretch defenses out and you know you're going to have to hope that you know Nisna, Flankford, all these other guys start hitting those shots too it's a situation with Pritchard where to have the versatility where he can pass a little bit. He knows his limitations, I think, now, which is important. And just sense that, like, he's not getting a ton of separation when he gets to the rim. So, okay, I'm just not going to go there that much. I'm yeah. going to stick to what I know. And, and that's honestly the best way the team used me. And, and if teams come out too for me, I can still, you know, go by them if I need to. Yeah, I'm intrigued by that. You mentioned Neesmith. I mean, not an encouraging day for him. I, you're certainly not going to give up on a guy after, like, a, a bad summer league day. But he did go one for eight from the three-point range. And I, you know, I, I think for me, Neesmith, I don't know if I'm going to take anything away from summer league, but I do think that he's a really important guy for the Celtics this season to like, I think they kind of need him to work this year. Cause like Romeo, clearly, I think he looks like he's still going to be something of a, of a project and all that. But like, if you could just have that one, three and D guy. The Celtics couldn't spend this summer, so Neesmith is going to have to hopefully be that guy. Like, I just think I think he's really, really important. So, just seeing him knock down some shots would probably be pretty nice for the coaching staff and front office. I would think. Yeah, you gotta have one of those two guys. Gotta be one of them. And, and Neesmith, 
right? Nisa's got the stronger tracker right now, so that's the better bet here. But you're right. It's it's a situation where it's one game, one of eight, not encouraging. Again, just overall with him, there wasn't a lot. I mean, there wasn't, he didn't make a ton of mistakes, but there just wasn't a lot that like stood out from him either, which isn't necessarily great when you're in year two year. But again, it's one game. We'll see how he looks like with the whole week. But I don't know if not, he's got some, he's got some company on the wing from France that might be charging in quickly here in uh, Juhan. Yeah. So Juan Begarin had a, you know, like pretty mediocre day shooting the ball, but he did hit two threes in the first half. So he finished two for four from, from three point range, which like, I mean, if he's hitting threes, that's really, really valuable for him because he does have a nice handle. He is pretty athletic and he's really strong. I thought one of the things that was most notable from Missoula's post-game press conference was when he he noted having him in there, like you can switch a lot of different positions. And he, he noted the Celtics switched to the five with Begarin and like he's, he's 18, but he is, he is pretty powerfully built and just the athleticism too in addition to that really stands out I think no question I mean that was one thing during the the warm-ups just like seeing him in person you're like wow like that's the NBA player's body right there He's built for an 18-year-old. And just having that, again, in this league now where it's going to be small ball down the stretch of all these games down the line, like, you know, if he can develop into something a couple, two, three years down the road and clean up some of those weaknesses, it's clear that the athleticism and the strength will, you know, be there for him to probably be a factor in this league down the line. So it'll be, I'll be interesting to see how much they go with him at the small ball four and five going forward since, you know, this team is obviously so small as is. So that's kind of what they're working on in a lot of these games, it seems like some of the goals they have for, for these guys are interesting right like Missoula noted that they want Romeo to really work on situational basketball that's obviously going to be very valuable for him during the season because he might be thrown in for like situational moments <laughs> so, you know so that was interesting and just you know obviously Peyton Pritchard it seems like they want him to to maybe make like him and Yam it seems like they kind of want them both to be making more decisions with the ball which is which is interesting too like it would be cool if we could get like in addition to the roster in addition to the stats just like like we could just get the Celtics goals for everybody written down for us on a nice piece of paper like here are the things that we want for every single guy and we could like check little boxes that'd be a nice summer league edition i think i'll ask joe for that tomorrow we haven't talked about carson edwards yet yeah is there anything so, to talk about there i mean look uh threatened a triple double with uh 17 8 and 6 i think a lot of the same concerns are still there um and a lot of the same skills are still there like you know some of the concerns is that he is perfectly happy to fire up a 30 foot three out of nowhere because he always feels like he can hit a shot and one of the encouraging things is that he always feels like he can hit a shot. Like, I don't know that much has necessarily changed in that regard with him. We'll see going forward. But the first game of Summer League did not make it look like a lot has changed in that department of the limitless confidence is, you know, a blessing and a curse. <laughs> yes. Yeah, again, it's nice to see him deliver in, like you said, multiple different areas, like the rebounding and the assists, like that's the stuff. The assists that, were good, yeah. The assists were good. Like that's, again, stuff that he needs to show more because let's be honest, I mean, he's got to be feeling the heat a lot right now. Just looking around at this roster and seeing Madar right there, we know Pritchard's not going anywhere. Romeo and Aaron, are they're going to get more leash because they're wings, they're bigger, and this team needs that. So Carson, you have to also not for nothing. It. They're both on guaranteed first round pick, and they're time. right, and they're right. Whereas Carson's contract and obviously his position just makes him an easy name to be expendable. So this is this is him playing for. I mean, he'll get another shot somewhere else if the Celtics don't keep him here. But in a lot of ways, this is him playing for you know a decent opportunity in his NBA career. I feel like because given the glut of 
roster spots and guys looking for jobs around the league right now, there's no guarantee that you know, you'll get a, you'll get a cam invite somewhere, but there's there's no sure thing that you're going to make a team somewhere else. So if you can show what you can do now and say like, hey, I can still I still have a lot to give here, then you know you either stay get to stay here or you get a chance somewhere else. He's so funny because it does feel like there has to be a place in the league somewhere for a guy who can hit like eight three pointers in a quarter. There's got to be something. Cleveland, but like <laughs> yeah, Cleveland. that's that's right. But like I mean, he catches these ridiculous heaters. Like it feels like there's got to be some way to tap into the things that he can do. And I, I don't know what it is. It's possible that nobody ever figures it out. It, it does feel like there's something untapped there that like, I, I don't know if anybody's going to put the time into figuring out, but he can score. Like he can just really put the ball in the hoop. Like sometimes it's streaky, but that does matter a little bit. The only other guy who I, you know, I thought was, was somewhat noteworthy here was uh, the Celtics two-way player. Sam Hauser did not <laughs> shoot the ball particularly well. I mean, nobody did. It was the first game of Summer League, and I'm not going to make much of his one-for-six performance, but he is the other guy who uh, who we didn't mention here who probably deserves to be brought up. I do like the release. It's quick. The it's, man can It's shoot. very quick in person. The, the problem, it's, it's a two-step operation, though. You, you need the quick, and then you need to go in a little more. Since yeah. defensively, he's not going to give you anything there, so you, you really need him to make uh you can't go can't have too many one of five nights and expect to see the floor ever correct i would agree with that completely before we go here i mean just like anything else like you know from the crowd anything else that stood out to you just from being there what was the atmosphere like and what did you uh what did you take away yeah, I mean, it was the first game period of the day at one o'clock start. So the arena did fill up as the game went on once people, I think, started to come in for the day. But yeah, there wasn't, I mean, there was no buzz. There's no Kate Cunningham or whoever in this game. So the buzz of a, a top tier prospect wasn't there. But per usual, there was a decent Celtics contingent there. And I think they're all jumping aboard the Yamadar bandwagon early here. We'll see if uh, it stays on the tracks the rest of the week. It is funny. I mean, it, all that guy had to do was make a couple of shots and the whole Celtics week was going to be his. So shout out to Yam for uh, for doing that and certainly making himself, you know, the, the story as long as, as soon, especially as soon as Peyton Pritchard uh, removes himself from play for being entirely right. too good. For <laughs> so, all right, guys. Well, we will wrap it up right there. We will be back at you this whole week with episodes once again. Thank you to everybody for ratings and reviews. We really appreciate you. And we will talk to you all again soon.